Welcome to Memphis Machine, a Muddy Pig production. I'm Jonathan Bass. And I'm Carl Kasperson, and together we're looking to show off the creative sights and sounds of Memphis, Tennessee. Amen. Welcome to Memphis Machine Season 3. Season 3 feels like we made it. It feels good to say Season 3. Feels like we're in this for real. I think I think we're doing a thing. That's what we tell ourselves. Our first guest, Marcella Simeon. Marcella and her lovers. Um, awesome Memphis artist. Musical and... Uh, visual other visual yes other mediums as well we got to sit down and talk about actually her history was awesome talking about her dad's music uh the whole bayou experience informing her current swamp soul endeavors right and i i like the term swamp solstress and marcella you can use that that's okay i came up with that did i come up with that (laughs) so we got into her her process yeah she's got a lot going on she's she's doing it um you can catch her around town you can catch her globally she's got a a european presence happening and that is taking off enjoy the interview here it is welcome to memphis machine we have with us the lovely marcella simeon marcella and her lovers marcella the artist anything else do you ride motorcycles do you rebuild cars Um, I'm still young. That that seems like something I'd like to do. <laughs> I like the, the riding motorcycles part for sure. You do um, ride motorcycles? No, I, oh. I, I, I see that in my future. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. My wife Becky says I'm allowed to ride motorcycles when the girls graduate high school because then I can just wreck and it's okay for there some reason. Or at least <laughs> I haven't been granted Is that permission right? yet. Yeah. 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 We don't need the dads. No, no, no. Or college, you know. <laughs> so hey, um. Uh, you've made an impact on Memphis already, and Memphis is, is very welcoming to that. And um, we typically start with bios. So how about uh, how about a little short story as to how how you arrived? Um, well, I you know grew up in a in a musical family and um, grew up in the arts, performing, painting, doing any doing really all sorts of creative stuff yeah um dance theater i did every. i did all sorts of oh, things nice. and like uh, picked up all sorts of different instruments and uh my folks said i started singing before i was talking so that was kind of maybe my path yeah that I, 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 I was born with maybe uh but yeah i uh i i came started coming to memphis when i was a kid, um, my parents are on the Recording Academy uh, board, which is those are the the Grammys, and right. year round they have these. The Recording Academy is who puts on the show. That's their biggest event, but they do stuff year round. Um, and my parents were on the board of governors there, and they would have these monthly meetings, and I'd come up with them sometimes, and I got kind of a taste of the city, and like really fell in love with it and then when I you know was getting ready to graduate high school I applied to Memphis College of Art um, along with a couple other schools and uh, when I visited here and like drove into Overton Park and like came to the like visited the school the Mm -hmm. college it was like I just had this feeling like this I is can't it. even describe it. Yeah, it was like I, I felt like I needed to be here, and it was just like, whew, like mm. heavy. I don't know. It was it was like a 
a thing that just happened when I when we drove up, like coming from Flatland, Louisiana, like Memphis is so hilly to me, you know. Okay. And like I remember driving up that where the where the where it kind of goes up a little bit by the Brooks Museum, and like this feeling, it was just like, man, whoa! I don't know what it is, but it it uh, yeah, I needed to be here, so I came and uh, went to college at Memphis College of Art and it was super cool such a cool experience the whole community all the kids that were you know incubated in that school like we were doing such cool stuff like and I was encouraged to be my weird self you know with my accordion (laughs) and I didn't really ever have interest in picking up the accordion until I moved here like right before I moved here when I was 18 I sat down with dad at my first place that I lived in Memphis and had him teach me my first song on the accordion like it took me 18 years to actually get interested in it you that, know? that's his principal right yeah that's right? his main his voice is his main instrument yeah that's so your dad is the, Terrence Simeon Terrence Simeon right, yeah. Right, right. and yeah. Is, yeah Zydeco um, and he's played music my whole life and uh, my mom was has been his uh, manage, manager and booking agent for the last 10, 15 years, and um, it's just been a, it was a really cool way to grow up, you know, in a family of, of, you know, music business. My mom was never, you know, on the creative side of things, but she always, you know, had the industry part down, you know, Mm. and uh, then my dad was the creator, and he he really was this great example that you can make a living playing music even if it's roots music people don't most people don't know what Zydeco is you know right Um, but he he did it for the past 30 plus years and you know paid for my college tuition at a private college (laughs) like playing Zydeco we were comfortable you know we lived comfortably and happy and we traveled and like it's being as an adult now I see that it was like man I mean they just they really had it together you know throughout my whole life and I'm so grateful um because it's not an easy industry to 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 work in at all it's really uncertain but uh yeah if it's meant to be for you it just that's your path you know and And so uh, it started in Lafayette yeah that's where I'm from originally right yeah. Everyone's still in Lafayette? Your family's still, yep. still Lafayette? Yeah, I was an only child. and uh, But uh, real close to my parents, my parents brought me around, you know, the whole scene at a young age. Like, you know, meeting, like, legends that I didn't know, you know, as a kid. Like, that I was being... I was in the presence of such greatness. Mm. Like, there's a baby photo of me with Fats Domino. Taj Mahal, uh, Dr. John, Art Neville... And then when I grew up, I was like, man, <laughs> I didn't realize how fucking cool that was. I don't know if I can say fuck, but yes. yeah, I kind of uh, dropped that one a lot. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I later, I mean, just fell in love with all that music and, you know, have a, such a great appreciation for where I come from, um, which is a, I mean, there's a wealth of of not only talent there presently, but just years and years in the history of of music and jazz, blues, Zydeco, everything mm. that started there. 
and made its way up here too. You know? Yeah, can you can you talk about that specific scene a little bit? Because you know, if you say Louisiana, obviously people are going to go New Orleans, no yeah, head, right? And so there's a there's a whole another you know scene outside of New Orleans. Obviously. Totally, yeah. Um, and where I'm from in Lafayette, it's uh, been called um, Cajun country, uh, but it's really Creole country. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a long explanation of you know the differences and um, you know how the culture was established. Basically, I mean, the Creoles were already creating the 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 Louisiana culture before Napoleon kicked the Acadians, the Cajuns, out of Canada, mm-hmm. and they migrated down to Louisiana, and they were poor, and they needed food, and they needed you know, uh, shelter, and the Creoles that were already there took them in. We had all the African-influenced cuisine, gumbo, jambalaya, etouffee, all that stuff is African. Mm. The music, um, you know, obviously the European settlers, German, Spanish, brought the accordion, the fiddle. Um, and then the washboard, which we call the frottoir in Zydeco, we use still in Zydeco bands for percussion. Um, and uh, you know as time went on you know the Creoles were primarily people of color the Acadians were you know white folks and uh, they uh, adopted the culture and we the rest of the world knows it as Cajun culture Um, which is fine because we were all cohabiting and we were all, you know, existing together and, and creating together. Um, but the Creoles of Louisiana don't really get their due, you know, sometimes. And the Zydeco, the people who created Zydeco music, I mean, Clifton Chenier, Buckwheat Zydeco, like these legendary musicians that would play these five-hour sets, mm. six-hour sets sometimes. Still, they do. Like black cowboys, you don't see that really anywhere else, but in Louisiana and Texas, you see these dudes walking around with like cowboy hats and like big belt buckles and like dancing to Zydeco music. It's the wildest scene you'll ever see, and this is all outside of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's still there's a huge Creole community in New Orleans, obviously, and the the cuisine and everything. We all, so many of of the the. Prairie country Creoles went to you know New Orleans to have a more prosperous prosperous life. You know, there's such a unique spirit in the in in Louisiana, like in general, outside of of New Orleans. Um, and that whole Zydeco scene is 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 what I'm talking about. And um, with Cajun music, you're gonna hear more. It's gonna be more folk based. Um, like uh, you'll hear the accordion, the fiddle, um, and the washboard sometimes, the triangle. That's where you see the triangle mm. a lot um, for percussion. Um, but there's so much great creating going on, you know, between the two genres. Like my mom petitioned for seven years to get a Grammy voting category for Zydeco and Cajun music. And after fighting the good fight, she had it, and it, and it we we created one and they had one for a few years I think it was four years maybe that they had a category specifically dedicated to those two styles of music um, and that was really exciting um, 
because at the time, I think Native American music had its own category, Hawaiian music, but there was like an opportunity for, you know, our community to get to really be lifted up and and, uh, everybody to feel excited about the music again and the culture. And it's kind of, unfortunately, like as time goes on and like, you know, my generation is coming up, like there's this really interesting thing happening with Zydeco music down there where a lot of people are fusing like hip hop with it uh-huh. and it's cool. I mean, it's super cool. It's, it's kind of hard to market. It's hard for, for them to get shows outside of Louisiana. And that's where my dad made his living. He didn't, he did not make his living in Louisiana, you know, um, he toured all over the world because it was such a unique style of music and that high energy like just pump and, and grind of this of that of that style of music is like like nothing you've ever heard before and I could I would I want to give you all a long list just thinking about Zydeco music I'm getting excited about it because I don't really get to talk about it a lot let, um, let me ask you is, but is, is it almost impossible to try and really describe it <clears throat> apart from an event because that music is That's attached funny. to to people coming together and having this event. Like yeah, you, totally. You know, five, six-hour marathon of just partying and hanging out and, and having this. I mean, so you can forensically take a look, you know, like at a recording and, and you, know, you could have this moment. You could have, a, you could have a, an elective at University of Zydeco Music, but unless sure. you attend an actual event of what, of what this is doing, yeah. you're not really getting the full. Yeah, uh, but you... It, it, it kind of like my dad and Clifton and Buckwheat were kind of an example that they can that you can travel with it, you right? Know? And that's what was exciting about it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Zydeco music was definitely always tied to like parties and like house dances where they'd clear all the furniture out the house. Um, the kids would go on the lawn and play on the couches, and the parents would be inside partying. Like weddings and, and funerals, all of it. Yeah, or? stuff like that. I mean, but like uh, it was more just like to get the 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 community together um you know mostly it's going to be people creole people are going to be people of color that are catholic that live you know where where i come from i mean in in the country of louisiana um so a lot of like catholic church boucheries which is like a thing where you get together boucherie like where they make a you you know roast pig and like do a whole thing um and uh what else? I mean, Mardi Gras season, um, they'd have these trail rides that would happen usually around Mardi Gras. But sometimes now they just have them kind of throughout the year, which is really cool, um, where everybody gets together with their horses and you, you know, ride on horseback and you're, you know, just riding through the country, drinking beer all day. And like they have I a could totally do that. tractor that's yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> got like hay on it and the musicians usually on it, you know, on a tractor and like tractor trailer thing with like bales of hay and, and you know, beers and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, um, it's always centered like, around community, bringing yeah. people together and like cooking and like just vibing. It's really, really a unique thing that's still happening down there. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely. I don't want to see it preserved, you know. And I, I, I want to. I'll probably go back one day for a, a, you know, a 
a period of time and like make a record and like really kind of get back in touch with with some of that stuff because I visit throughout the year but there's nothing like going and really spending time there and immersing yourself in the mm. culture you know yeah the communal aspect that that's I mean I would just I'm, I'm peripheral to rap I'm peripheral to I love R&B Motown yeah the stack scene, you know, being a bass player that, that lends itself to like, oh my goodness, that's you. You can live off that the rest of your life. Totally. Uh, the a rap culture, just you know, you, you, you can maybe comparing to where like you have more of the rugged individual, you know, uh, guy or, or, or gal kind of claiming like, well, here's I, I'm a strong person. I'm a I'm a and more. It, it appears more individualistic, perhaps. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just I'm I'm. I'm, yeah. th- I'm, I'm with a broad brush. Mm-hmm. Sure. Maybe from what, what I hear coming from you is like, actually, Zydeco is this large communal, like, it really reaches the apex of what of what, of what that music is when everyone's coming together, like you said, yeah. just spending, you know, a, a chunk of time all day together. Totally. You know, that, that, sound, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. I want to attend. Totally. Is that something maybe in your subconscious you have? Going in the back of your head when you when you play out live, like are, yeah, are you hoping, like, definitely, like, like having the room come in and and join join me in this thing. You couldn't have said it better. Totally, like I and I watched my dad. I watched my dad do that throughout his career. Mm. And to touch on earlier, I wanted I just wanted to say that you know, like with Zydeco music and the way that it's evolved, you know. I think it's really cool that the kids are like in, influ- like incorporating different genres because that's what they watched the generation before do. My dad did that. Yeah. Like my dad, you go to one of his sets and you think it's like one moment it's like a soul set, one moment it's like a rock set, it's like a reggae ska set. Like he 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 takes you on this journey throughout all these different things and and genres and styles of music and he can do it all, and you can start to see the parallels of how. Zydeco music, like, and the accordion can fit in all these other genres. Oh yeah, really beautifully. But yeah, watch watching him perform like all my life and seeing the way that he connected with the audience was absolutely like I know a a a, a direct result of his being brought up in that culture and like he grew up singing in church and stuff, so they were really you know. That was a big thing, like the community and church and all of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think about that all the time. I, it's fun to. I like that you that you made that comparison because I, I don't, I, I don't really like conscious. I'm not conscious of it, but it's like just in my nature to want to be welcoming and like you know have that warmth in the room and make people feel like they're a part of something and yeah. like connected and so much of what performing or at least for me like watching a performer that's captivating or like moving or has charisma to me it's like so much has to do with being honest and open and like being available to your audience Mm -hmm. like spiritually and like emotionally and just there you know like really really present and I was talking to someone the other day about this like how I want to watch a performer that also feels like there's like like there's something on the line you know like there's a like like that they're not singing 
at you, but singing to you, you know, about something, you know, and about a feeling, or, or, or they're not afraid to, like, stand on the ledge and look down into the darkness and the abyss and, like, shout into it and, like, meet it and greet it and, like, live, like, live in that space and not just be totally fearless and I watched that I watched that in, in, in Zydeco music I watched that with my dad like this fearlessness and this ability to like totally be in the moment you know and, and that is exciting to be a part of and to watch and um, yeah I kind of strayed off there but no that's great I mean um, so, so you're growing up in this in this environment and um, I, I I gather that your folks weren't grooming you to be uh, the the next torchbearer of of of, <laughs> no, of, of, of Zydeco, right? I mean, no, I, lo- I love it how to where it sounds like they let let you grow up to be who you were going to be. Yeah, uh, dance and, and and art, and um, definitely want to talk about your art here as well. But um, and so, I'm, I'm, but I'm sure they were delighted that that this manifested, right? That this this path has arrived. Once, yeah, once they saw that I that I was like, you know, doing a good job, yeah, <laughs> that I could, or that I could handle it, you know, it's because it's not an easy business at all. No, no, no. Now, no are there it, parents that would come up to you and be like, mm, yeah, no, oh yeah, and no. Dad like <laughs> always like was on this great. He has this great balance of like he's this teddy bear like warm perfect like. Just I'm his baby girl for the rest of my life. I can do no wrong in his there, eyes. Yes, there you go. And then there, then there's this, there's this thing like, after, after a show or I haven't felt it in a while because I think I'm doing a pretty good job. But where he like, <laughs> he'll tell me, you know, I'll ask for constructive feedback and he'll oh, like, oh you know, give me. He'll be, be generous and like kind, but at the same time, there's like this thing in his eyes, like you know. Where I really know, like, okay, I could have, I could have done better, mm. you know, or I, I can, I, 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 need to push myself a little more. I need to. His, his saying was always, "You're only as good as you practice." So you got to be with that instrument all the time, you know, and you got to use it and respect it and all that. But he was never, yeah, it was always a free space growing up for me to figure out what I wanted to do. They never forced anything on me, um, and. I won't say that they discouraged me from being from having a career in music, but they definitely didn't like actively say, you know, you should do this, you know, growing up because it was hard, yeah. you know. Um, and they they didn't want to see me struggle, but it's like I, the older I got, the more I realized, really, any job is going to be hard, you know. And, you and might also, as well right. do what you and love. Also, gr- growing up in theater and dance, you, yeah. you, you've seen the helicopter. Theater moms and and parents, oh totally right? and and, and that, that's just a sad stereotype. I think it, yeah, it, it's so defeating of, of like you're actually robbing the beauty of of this this moment. You know, it's like goodness gracious. Yeah, and if the kid does exhibit talent at an early age, and and it's good to be excited and to encourage, sure, but it can become this also the weight of, of you know sucks the joy out of it. It can, yeah. <sighs> we could talk for hours on that. Just, yeah, no, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> So, so your art. Uh, looking at your website, Marcella. What is it? The website again? Tell me. Marcella and her lovers. And her lovers. But yeah. that, you also have your art up there. Yeah. 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 And, and um, which, which I, I, I 
took a quick look. Uh, what would you call? What, what's your favorite medium? Uh, you know, the textural, the the using different media, almost collage. Yeah, collage that, based. Is, is, yeah, is it's mixed okay? media yeah. stuff. Totally. Yeah. Um, I do like. Um, I, I like. I like the idea of thinking about drawing in a different way. I had a great professor who like opened my mind up to. You know, thinking about how you can draw. You can mm. draw with paper. You can draw with media, with different mediums and different material, you know. Um, and I like uh, the old warmth of like old life magazines and mm. Playboys and stuff like that and like incorporating those colors. I was going to say, I see that in your color yeah, palette. Yeah, into what I'm, you know making i do some sewing into paper and write words and stuff like that um and a lot of it was you know related to some of the lyrics that i was working on or like things that i was going through in certain times in my life Mm. and so they can kind of go hand in hand that's great no it's lovely lovely. are you still i mean is that how much of that is in your life right now is that I mean, music is is hard and time consuming. So, and how much dancing are you doing, Evelyn? I mean, how, right, so, so how on stage what, only? What, what, unfortunately, what, what's your diet of of, uh, of, of art? My diet that? of art right now is like all music. Okay, all music, all writing. I do, I, I do have some time occasionally where I'll, you know, like I've started re um, reimagining my Instagram profile and what it's looking like and so I'm finally incorporating some of my pieces into my Instagram posts and using my collage based stuff that has kind of a nice quiet color as like a border um Right, I saw that for one of your recent backgrounds yeah. for your, your your show dates, right? Because it's yeah. also gonna it's also gonna inspire me to 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 make t- make the time to make more work because I have tons of paintings and stuff and and drawings that are like you know almost done or I, I work on I work on that when I can, but yeah, I mean I mean because music is the primary you know my primary source of income mm-hmm. i mean it's like everything for me right now and i'm loving it i'm i'm still riding this wave of <clears throat> inspiration really that started at the end of 2017 mm-hmm. and i've been like writing more than i have in my whole life um i finally caught my stride i think as a songwriter and i'm able to work without having to think about it like I mean I always wanted I always start I started writing when I was really young and writing songs when I was young and like I got turned on to Bob Dylan when I was 12 and like it changed my life and I would have these relationships with each of his songs you know uh, on, on I mean I can't even name every how many albums I had I mean I had dad gave me a stack of Dylan CDs and mm. I just got obsessed with it because, oh, sorry. Um, it was like this, you know, other world that I, I just knew that I wanted to be a part of, you know, like a, a Bob Dylan song, you know, like, and I just, it was like the perfect time in my life to have started listening to it too. And I, I really, because it inspired me to create and that, you know, you can't do, you can't write anything wrong, you know, you mm. can't do any, like, there's no, there's no wrong way to write. That's, that's how it made me feel. Like, 
you can explore all those weird parts of your mind and go there and you know hang out there and uh and it's good and it's encouraged uh, i felt encouraged or whatever to do that and to dream so yeah i mean the writing now i can before like before this run like of the past year um of really catching my stride it would take me a long time to really put a song together because i think a bit too much about it like um i don't know how to explain that really right now but i i didn't i just didn't i wasn't good at it i don't know how to say it i wasn't good at writing songs i relied too much on other people to you know kind of help me put it together and then I just I realized that I could myself. There was this trip that I took to Switzerland at the end of November. I did a, uh, a week in Lucerne with my dad's band, and they had me as a featured artist with my dad's band, so they learned some of my songbook. And uh, did a couple of shows there, and then had a friend um, who lives in Geneva, and I knew that you know he and I always wanted to work together his band opened for my band here in memphis mm. years ago um and they stayed with us and it was just fun um but uh yeah reconnected with him and then he got this band together for me um and we made a record we recorded 18 songs in oh, wow. two three days nice. and just this last November. That was actually in November of 2017. So That's right. like gotcha. it was when I got back from that trip when I like I hit my stride and like mm. felt totally re-inspired and like became this new artist as far as I'm concerned. Like I really everything changed after that. Um, and I think I just finally had the confidence that okay, well I can go over here and I can make a record. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just made this record at American earlier that year in June with my band and like that was an incredible experience and I just I, I just finally got to a point in an age where it was like okay you know do this do the damn thing you got this you know and I yeah. finally felt you know good about all of it but yeah that that album is uh where we just finished mixing it and we're sending it off to get mastered this week oh, and wow. um yeah we're gonna start we're talking album art and you know track titles and all that Stuff and then shopping it to some labels um, in Europe and here. And uh, yeah, I've got a, I'm going to be going over there in July and August and doing a show with them. And it's like I have a band, a band there. Like, <laughs> it's That's insane. Great. That's great. It's like, the, it's like, you know, my, my reality surpassed my dreams, you know, like with, in so many, th in so many ways and in, in working in this business. And, that's what's so great about it, and that's what keeps us all doing it. What, you know? so, go ahead. No, yeah. I was, can we can we talk about your Memphis band? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, who, who are the lovers? I'm, the I'm lovers. Real quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do. Sorry. It's all good. No, it's good. Before that, real quick, I, real quick, I want to ask. It, it, it's ask mine first, it, Carl. That's a good question, though. <laughs> but the stereo, the stereotypical question is like, how how are European audiences? Oh, oh, they're awesome. Yeah, they're so fucking awesome. They love music so much, right? And they just appreciate everything you do. I mean, it's like, yeah, they're just they're super, and they're they're pretty knowledgeable about music, and they want to talk, and they want to, you know, they're very attentive. Um, there's no. 
the norms are just different over there. You know, the you feel things like, that I feel like it's more of a music fans, like people who are actually, I don't, you know, ra- rather than music is my accessory. Yeah. For like, it's, it's, mm. it's more. Is that is that a, is that a valid question or is I, it? Yeah, just, I mean, I, I guess so. Like, like that 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 there's a that there's a tone and tenor like that. Like that they're they're more fans than just going out to drink in on the weekend than like oh a band is playing it yeah. just happens to be there it yeah. doesn't you don't really get that vibe there um yeah they they definitely take the arts very seriously in europe which i love and respect mm. so much and they place so much value on it and you know the grant money all the opportunities are just very different over there and we could take a few notes hey well bring, bring some back yeah. so so <laughs> your, your current lineup here uh, based yeah. out of memphis Let, let's talk about the crew. Oh man, I I don't know how I got so lucky over time, like to 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 get these guys to play with me. Um, but we have uh, David Kowser on guitar, who's just like it's hard to describe how he's like a philosopher. Isn't he's he? a, totally a philosopher. Yeah, of, yeah, and like just an enigma. He's just amazing. <laughs> like. I don't have, I mean, I have all these names for him, my guru, my wizard, my like (laughs) everything, because he's like, it's just, I mean, musically what he can do is like just out of this world. Like he just takes me on a trip every time I'm on stage with him. And, um, is he still doing his regular set at DKDC? He on Tuesdays? No. no. Um, but I think I'm hoping he, he starts to do a regular thing again. Um, because yeah, him by himself is just it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, it is. And um, I could talk about him for an entire podcast. We should do a whole episode where I just talk about mm. gush over Dave. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, David has been in the band since 2013. I had this this lineup, um, and that Rory Mill Sullivan on the drums, um, and then let's see. Um, our bassist Landon Moore just joined at the start of 2017, and um, yeah, he's been an integral part of of the growth of the band um, because he's just like he kills it. He's just a killer musician and mm. is so 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 you know dedicated to his craft and um, kind of has really really re inspired a lot of energy in the band in a really cool way. Um, As bass players do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bass players. And then I have a sax player. Um, I, I alternate between two incredible musicians, Arthur, Art Edmonston. Art, yes. And uh, Jim Spake. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that does. that's my, that's my primary guys. lineup, the five of us together. And um, I just, I'm, I think my, I count my blessings. I thank my lucky stars every week because I realize how, I mean, the, these guys could really play with anybody that they mm-hmm. wanted. I mean, they could, they could pick, they could name it, and they could do it. They could go, they can go on the road with anybody. They can, they're just killer, 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 killer players and have been around for a, a long time, much longer than me. And um, I'm just honored to be with them and to share the stage with them and work with them and create and it's such a such a treat um but uh yeah we're always working all the time um whether 
it's this ensemble or Landon and Art do a lot of shows together with other groups mm-hmm. they have like with Danny Banks Pat Pasco and yeah we all like there's this there's just such a great community in in Midtown of players that are as talented as they are like just good people like just fun to hang out with and like there's just this easy everything just seems to come with ease there's not a whole lot of like you know there's no like drama and stress and like other things that I've heard of people dealing with in bands um, usually I guess with younger folks but um, it's just so great I I don't get to sit back and really think about how awesome it is so it's nice to do that right now and really appreciate um, them because that's great it's a cool thing to be a part of and I feel really lucky that this community embraced me and my weird shit that I was doing with the accordion, um, you know, when I started playing shows by myself here in college, and then I started meeting people, and then started this band Tu Lamont with Jimmy Davis's son Jesse Davis, and um, Chris, and then Victor Sawyer joined. He's the trombone player, yeah. badass that everybody knows. Yeah. Um, and then I played with Richard James and Ross Johnson. Um, everyone knows Ross Johnson too on drums. Um, so I had these different formations of the band. Ben Bauermeister played drums with me. Oh my God, holy shit, what a drummer, what a musician. <laughs> um, I've just, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like the, the musical gods, you know, of rock were watching over me. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that, uh, so you, it, it's great to hear you grew up in a, in a, your, your family unit is healthy. Yeah. Intact and, yeah. and working musicians can uh, be stereotypically maybe not healthy sure. and or intact. Um, but you know, being uh, osmosis, being in the scene, uh, taking note as to the type of people that play with your dad, with your family, and the point I'm making is that you you come to Memphis and maybe maybe you're conscious, maybe not, but you're like you know I know how working musicians working musicians like to get called back and and they. They generally like to keep working. <laughs> yep. So, so I mean, you may, as a younger player, you may have a couple bumps where your ego is maybe trying to do a thing, and it gets <laughs> smacked, and hopefully you learn from that, and it starts to craft a mentality of like, like you said, there's an ease, there's yeah. a, a, a a kind of, not stoicism to where you're just completely emotionally flat, but you're able to, to embrace uh, difficulty, take bumps, and, and still maintain, because the goal is to make, good music right and, and to create a good environment yeah and um, that I mean that's just a little we, we touched on that with Richard uh, Cushing about a player's mentality like if, if there's anyone totally. listening to this like there's a lot of headspace and not only do you want to get your instrument together but how important it is to have a headspace um, that can accompany a singer and let her or him do their thing without yeah. having to think like like you said, like like you know th- that little the net ego. of drama yeah. just sucks vibe from yeah, the show. That that will the ego will always you know have its way with us if we let it like all the time on stage or off stage just mm. in general like mm-hmm. you know and 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 you you end up doing you know more harm than good if you if you let that if you let it get the best of you and if you stay too much in your head in the in the middle of a show or if you take shit personally that like mm. is like just like not a big deal like i don't know like to right. me it just yeah just like 
it comes as second nature to me because I yeah I watched my dad run a band like a real band leader and I I'm still learning the ways but it's like you know you just can't you can't it, you it's 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 not for the faint of heart because okay you got to and and in one breath you're having to be artistic and to be emotional and to be sensitive and to be open but at the same time when it comes to like some of the nitty gritty stuff is just like okay moving on you know <laughs> you maybe maybe you could maybe I accidentally sang over half of your solo you know or whatever like or, or came in too soon or whatever like but let's just roll with it you know right. it's nothing personal it's not that I'm trying to like put you out it's that I'm in my dreamy space and sometimes I space out too and you know we all mess up but it's like you got to smile through the mistake you got to roll with it and you have to totally like you said like musicians being able to sit back being able to turn their volume down a little bit hear the hear the vocals <laughs> allow the vocalist to do their thing respect each other on stage allow everyone to shine and then you build this beautiful thing and it's an ensemble and it's a family and people respond to that. People can see if there's tension on stage, if somebody brought an attitude with them on stage, that shit, I can see right through it. I know exactly mm. when it is. You can feel a vibe in a room like that. So you try not to bring that that negativity to a, to a set, and I think you can't go wrong, you know? Yeah, I think you just described when a musician gets their grown-up pants. <laughs> yeah. You know? When they, yeah. Because, and, and like, like you said, like part of what attracted me to the bass and playing, and what I still love about playing bass is what it contributes, of, of what it yeah. uh, what what it supports, what it brings to the entire song. Yeah. But when every music, every musician needs to do that, you know, totally. Guitarist totally need right, Jonathan. Right, one percent. Listen to other people when they play. Yeah, but like 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 when a musician is able to hear the entire thing happening at the same time of what they're contributing to. That should be the point. It, it that, should be obvious, right? right? Well, that, that's elusive. <laughs> I know, right? For, for some folks, and 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 uh, yeah, but that's 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 a lovely thing. There's another thing that I love that um, when people uh, I've noticed with certain bands, like when someone's taking a solo, like there's this thing, like when if everyone else in the band, like even while while they're playing or vibing or whatever, that everyone looks, mm. that we all look and we draw our attention to them. It can also really, it can train the audience to see what's going on and and train you to see, okay, well, look, I'm going to sit back. This is their moment to shine. Let's appreciate what they're doing, you know, and let's send them the positive energy that they need to not fuck up. You know, like I, I go back to my theater days too. I had a theater teacher that would say, you know, when I was like in sixth grade or something, like send the positive vibes and the positive <laughs> energy and it's like when you see someone messing up on stage or if someone forgot their lines just send that energy to them and smile and give them the what they need the warmth you know because it's like yeah you don't want well if one person is feeling self-conscious about messing up it's just going to affect the whole thing oh yeah so yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> sorry i could go on about no, that's that good. too no that's great something i did want to ask you in in regards to um a being a modern uh, artist, a modern musical art artist, uh -huh. uh, to where back in the day uh, of of the industry, it was um, artists were hoping to to get that one break. And I, I was discussing with Jonathan earlier to where uh, you know if you look at your IKEA, the IKEA interview was was uh, 
a, a good break, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That was that was a, a nice that was pl- a big so, deal. Do you not notice that, like, as opposed to maybe the one break, and that could still happen, it, it, it like you said, growing up, your dad being able to pay for college, just working, just actually. Every year needs a few breaks, and 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 you keep working, and you get some great gigs, and you get some gigs that are just kind of like, Ugh. but just to keep the great the hustle is, is, is yeah. a term. Yeah, just the realities of being yeah. A musician how, 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 not necessarily. Any thoughts on that? Like, how how is it that you internalize that, or is that just natural from growing up in the family? It's kind of natural. I mean, there were some things like I I used to have more of this mentality of like, why not me? Oh man, oh, yeah, oh, I'm working just as hard. <laughs> And I just don't think like that anymore because it, it it's futile and it's uh, it's not a thought that is working for me. It doesn't make me happy to think that thought. Yeah, I, I don't pretty... like hearing bitter musicians complaining. It's oh, like yeah. it, it makes can be destructive me, for sure. Yeah, makes me just want to like scream. It's like okay, like what? Okay, so you're, you're so you're complaining about this. How can we find a solution? How can we fix it? Like let's like. Let's focus on how to be productive with this, you know, with these, with this thinking. Um, so it's like, for me, for my watch, for my dad, like there were things early in his career that were like big moments for him, like getting this role, being the, the uh, being the band in this film called The Big Easy with Alan Barkin and Dennis mm, Quaid that was yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. Um, uh, Paul Simon saying because my dad's manager at the time knew Paul Simon Paul was in Louisiana getting ready to record Graceland yeah um Paul sang background vocals on one of my dad's first fucking 45s Mm. that I have like and my dad was like (laughs) 23 years old or something crazy um he did the World's Fair in New Orleans um and his band had auditioned, was one of the Zydeco bands that Paul auditioned for Graceland, and they got paid really well to do the audition for the studio time and all that. They didn't get it, he went with someone else, but these experiences early in his career like totally set him up and, and, and you know, began paving the way for him to have a you know, fruitful career. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, Grammys don't hurt either, to win right? a couple Grammys, yeah. Right? Grammys don't hurt. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm super proud of him because he's worked so hard, so hard. I mean, 20-hour drives, like, it's nothing. Mm. Like, he's a nut. It's wild. I'm, I'm amazed at, at how he does what he does still at, okay, if I'm 28, mom's 50. <laughs> Dad is 56. No, 55, 55. Um... And he's still doing it, uh, like, like a spring chicken, like or like like a young like a young man. Like he still keeps it up, um, and uh, it's impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, the breaks I think come in different ways. I think that everybody's path is so different, and like, yeah, it's just you just never know what's in store for you. Like last year, I had interest from this music supervisor Jennifer Pikin who like is a big deal um, in mu- the music supervisor world um, mm-hmm. for film and TV and stuff Yeah, and she's pitched us to some shows some Netflix shows and stuff and like people have passed on it but she feels so passionately about the album and digs it it's like that's a huge opportunity for us that that would just be that would be a break for me that's yeah. the ultimate to me Yeah, you know going in Switzerland and playing in Switzerland and making a record that was a form of a break for mm-hmm. me like it's like little things that you have to like really just 
appreciate and understand that, you know, you started from nothing, you know, and now look at what you can do, you know, like it, it, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's such a great process living in the arts and like being an artist and creating and seeing how life and the universe kind of puts you in places where you need to be. Like, I think I needed to be in Memphis. I think that there's no accidents in, in life. And, uh, all of this is, is, uh, is building a bigger thing. That's going to be my, my story, my career, you know, my, that, that is just, so I'm just overjoyed. Yeah. So you, you can be cosmopolitan, but Memphis definitely has a seat. It's it's been a cradle of of it's been fertile, yeah, so to speak. For sure. Yeah, for your art. Totally. Fantastic. Yeah. Any any words of advice to, to up and coming? I mean, we've already kind of touched a little bit on on some of that, but as far as with how things you know, if you if you were your dad talking to an up and coming artist, what would you say? Ooh. He's so much wiser than me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, to not be afraid to be true to yourself and to, like, to be honest. And people are going to respond to honesty. People don't really respond to masks and, and you know, people can uh, tell. hiding. Yeah, hiding people behind the, yeah. the pain or the joy or the sadness. or whatever you're feeling, you know. Um, Yeah, and and nothing is too weird, you know. (laughs) I mean, I started, like, in college, I'd do, because I was was in high school, I was, for a short period of time, a drummer in an an all-girl punk band, and we'd cover, like, The Slits and Buzzcocks and, like, uh, X, and, I mean, I'm a huge, like, like, that was this, yeah. I mean, I, I I could literally sit here and talk about music with you all, all day, but yeah, <laughs> I used to I would do at college like parties and shows. I would open for hip hop artists or punk bands or garage or whatever, and uh, be on my accordion by myself and just stomping and clapping and singing and like doing this medley of like a Buzzcock song um, and a Nina Simone song and then like a Lil Wayne song. <laughs> like, and that was strange, but boy, people responded to that. Like yeah. you, you really, and you really meet folks who are like, wow, I, I see what you did there. And that was cool. That was weird. You know, like, um, and yeah, like embrace the bizarre and just roll with it and see what's possible and like don't be afraid to fail because you will everybody does and like it's like it's just so much about how you get up after you fall you know Mm -hmm. like get up with more fucking punch and gusto and then you're gonna just kill it um yeah that's great that's good that's good (laughs) Marcella, thank you so much thank for hanging guys, out with us. Man, this was fun. Um, we'll, we'll have our, our show notes to direct folks to all the goodness. Cools out of go videos. Yes, yeah. all of it. Yeah. 
totally. Even the IKEA, I enjoyed the IKEA interview. I thought that was fun. Thanks. That was cool. And you got anything new coming up around the corner? Um, let's see. Just playing a lot of shows. Um, going to be in Northern California in June. Um, when do you hope to have this album? Uh, the Swiss record, hopefully by this summer, um, spring or summer. You know, we're kind of ready to get it out there. Um, but the the album that I did with the lovers here, like, um, Got You Found, we have released the first five songs, you know, on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. Um, last October, everything, those first five songs were out, but we have a whole nother five because we had a complete 10 song record and um, we just decided to split it up and uh, I want to release those soon too. Um, I put I put the sixth song on SoundCloud so that can be found on SoundCloud, Como Ilsa song, which is an accordion song that's kind of Zydeco inspired but my version of Zydeco um, and Como Ilsa song in French, um, in English means how it feels and uh, it's a cool little ditty. Um, what else do I have? Uh, I started this project with Guy Davis and Ann Harris called Gumbo Grits and Gravy and Guy Davis is this incredible storyteller songwriter he's been on the same circuit that my dad's been on for a lot of a lot of the like blues and Americana you know festivals and stuff and like the blues cruise is something that Mm -hmm. I've done many years Uh, but Guy's parents were Aussie Davis and Ruby D the two actors um, that you might know and uh he just had a really, really such a cool upbringing and like he's just got this luminous spirit and he's just a great, great artist. Um, so his manager came to me and Ann Harris, who's a great fiddle player, um, and we created this show called Gumbo Grits and Gravy. We met in Boston for two days last month and created a set and then did it in front of a live studio audience filmed it and then did another show the next night and it was a huge hit we've got we're going to be going to Denmark next year Um, so the guy's manager is really aggressively shopping it to art centers and festivals all over the world and in the country and everything and uh, so that's exciting I'm excited about that project Um, that's going to be on the road and uh, yeah some new lovers music I'm sure will happen um, because I'm always writing um i've got some other collaborations coming up with some other folks like i've literally got two co-writes set up next week like just a bunch of people like i'm doing a lot i'm I'm, I'm doing a lot um and i'm really 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 grateful for it um hip hop artists pop artists um show dates are going to be on sorry uh website marcelinerlovers.com slash shows um, you can follow us on Bands in Town, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Twitter. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. Hope you enjoyed that discussion with Marcella. Um, delightful. You, if you come down to Memphis, look her up. You need to see her in her band, or even just her in, in, in a guitarist, just her in a, in a duo format. It's just her and her accordion. <laughs> just her and her accordion. No, she is. She's delightful, talented. Uh, you can you can find her on Instagram, Marcella and her lovers, uh, Marcella Simeon. You can find her at Marcella and her lovers Check her out, enjoy it, and send her a note. She might write you back. Killer. Okay, well.